Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Joff Lacey. And I'm Claire Venice. We're getting sticky. And having a buzzing good time in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Joff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week we've come to the annual honey show in Bereton's Village Hall. While we try not to taste too much of the good stuff, and I mean honey by the way, we find out how this year has been for the Peasalt and District Beekeepers Association and meet some of the stallholders here today. We also hear who's won the coveted trophies as the beekeeping year draws to an end. The P stands for Petersfield. Petersfield is special to me. The Peapod. Hello, Claire. How are you? Hello, Joff. I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Very well, very well. We're back doing our one of our favourite subjects. Bees. Mm-hmm. Honey. Yep. It's looking good, isn't it? I'm really impressed. I've heard there's over 100 entries this year into the honey show for the Petersfield and District Beekeepers Association. It's really impressive for this area. So we're recording this at Bereton Village Hall. The stallholders are here, the, the beekeepers are here. So there is quite a bit of noise in the background, isn't there? There's a lot of buzz around. Like it. I like it. <laughs> Couldn't help it, sorry. <laughs> no, there's a great atmosphere here. What's caught your eye so far? There's some honey cakes. Honey, cherry and sultana cakes. Really yeah. appeals this time of year. Um, and also there's some honey tasting just over there yeah, to looking, our right. Looking forward to that. So you, you will get some live honey tasting yep. later on. Go over which and do will, that. Which will sound really exciting, I'm sure. Um, so, Claire, it was two years ago that we had our first association with bees. Yes. Do you remember it? I do. It's one of our favourite peapods. We met at the apiary, the Petersfield and District Beekeepers Association's apiary, which is just on the road to Rogate. And, gosh, it's a magical place. We were so lucky with the weather we as were, well. We were. We dressed up. Yes. We went into a hive. Not literally. Not literally, Claire. I know that. I didn't go <laughs> dive straight in. How big was that hive? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> we were very well looked after. And we did. We got up close and personal with some bees with yes. some s- a special microphone we had each. We did do it. Yeah. We did. We did. So, um, and then we did the pollinator day. Yes. Last year as well. That was at the Physic Garden. It was. Yeah. I remember we had a little roam around the physic garden. I think I did a David Bellamy impression. You did. I'm not sure if that made it into the I don't think it made it. <laughs> final version of the people. We might have to find that from the bloopers. Well, that's it. That's it. So, Claire, how's your week been? You know, I don't quite remember a lot of it this week. Right. It's been Is that a your age? strange week. Um, it's been an okay week. Uh, you know, the first week without my daughter, eldest daughter is off at How's, uni. How is it? Having the odd text message, she's having a great time. So that's lovely. But there's been a bit of adjustment at home. It's like sort of shifting of how everyone's sort of settling into life without her being around. Um, but no, I'm, I'm so pleased she's enjoying herself. It's yeah. definitely the right time, but it is odd being at home when you've got one child not there anymore. Yes. Very strange. But how's your week been, Joff? Uh, busy. Busy, busy, busy. Um, I'm a busy bee. <laughs> I've um, I've been cast in two plays at the same time. Yeah. So oh. I'm going to be doing art with Lion and Unicorn. So that's a three-man production. Lots of lines to learn, uh, and that's going to be the end of November. And then in a couple of weeks, we start rehearsals on the panto, Beauty and the Beast. 
And who do you play in the pantomime? I'm playing Marcel, a hairdresser. <laughs> Just a hairdresser? I, that's all I can say at this present time. But um, I'm basing him on Clarence from the Dick Emery show. That'll be one for the teenagers. <laughs> I'll reveal more nearer the time. As we get closer. As we get closer. But if you've, if you've got two minutes spare, Google Clarence, Dick Emery Show. Brilliant. Oh, that's great news, Joff. Well done. Thank you. Art is a really good play. I've it seen is. It it's very Judas funny. So it's got... It's, yeah, it's all about men's relationships and that type of thing. So, yeah, it's going to be something different, actually, for me. Have you met your fellow actors that you're yeah, going I, to be acting I have with? done, yes, yes. So, it's, it's, yeah, we start rehearsals this week. So that'd be good fun. Brilliant. And that's at the end of November? End of November, Where's yeah. that taking place then? We're going to be doing it in Strood Village Hall. Oh, that's a, that's so we a can pile, you can pile straight, pile straight out of uh, the Village Hall, straight in the Seven Stars. Happy days. Nice. Well, we would love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please call or WhatsApp us on 01730 555 500 or you can send an email to team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we meet some of the exhibitors here at the Honey Show. But first... The Petersfield and District Beekeepers Association have many events throughout the year, culminating in the annual Honey Show at Berriton Village Hall. It's a much-anticipated event in local beekeepers' diaries, with trophies awarded in various categories. Chair of the association, Hilary Hayward, is with us now to tell us more. Hello, Hilary, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. So, how's the year gone? Um, it's been quite an interesting year, actually, because it has been a, a, a sort of year of some extreme weathers. Um, the bees produced a really good spring harvest, so we had lots of spring honey. And then July turned surprisingly cold. And then normally you get a really good summer crop of honey, but um, the bees were eating their summer crop. So actually the summer honey production was down, but then it started to pick up again with the warmer weather in August and and going into autumn. Um, So it's been a sort of a mixed bag, really. I Uh, imagine the last couple of years have been quite strange with the heat of the summer before and then the rain that we've had this year and then the hot September. Yes. Just throw the bees off. It, well, it, it is it is throwing them off because in September is the time when they should be preparing for winter and starting to calm down and, and the queen cuts down on her lane. And it's also a time when the bees start kicking the drones out, the, the male bees. Um, but we were finding in a few hives at the beginning of September that they were still producing drone brood. They were still producing um, baby drones, um, which is quite unusual. I've not really seen before, which is indicative that we were probably heading towards a warm autumn Um, so that's all a bit mixed up as well because you don't really want the queen to start laying now on a a grand scale leading into winter because then the bees won't have enough forage as the flowers will start to die now um, going into winter so it's yeah it's a tricky time strange times yeah strange time definitely so how yeah. long have you been keeping bees yourself? I, I've been keeping bees since 1992, so quite a long time, off and on. Yeah, I haven't done it consistently all that time. I had children in between and it got too much work and everything. Um, but yes, yeah, since then, yeah. And, and now you're chair of the association. How long have you been chair here? Uh, this has been my second year, yeah. So I've, I've been a member for, for quite a long time. Again, I've been on and off the committee uh, over the years. 
and for uh, five seasons up till just before the pandemic started I was a government bee inspector so I did that for five seasons as well when you go around inspecting hives for diseases on behalf of DEFRA and the Animal and Plant Health Agency. And that's so, really interesting. Yeah. Have you seen, has there been a change in diseases and how bees are faring over the last few years? Well, five, no, years? There, there has definitely been a change. Uh, bee health has been severely affected. And, and I think that's the funny weather that we're all experiencing. Yeah, I would say um, not so much bee numbers, but the health has, has got worse for bees, yes. Now, Hilary, you're holding in your hand a tool that you use for for treating the vromite it's called a vaporizer oh right and um, as you may have heard the the vromite arrived in the UK uh, at about the end of the 80s and it's it's a constant pest that beekeepers have to get on top of unfortunately there's no cure for it it's a tiny little mite and it lives on the uh, backs of the bees and it also feeds on the larvae, the bee larvae. And this is one of the treatments that you can use for knocking the mites off the bees' bodies. And it literally is attached to, um, it's a warming plate which attaches to a car battery and you put oxalic acid crystals on the warming plate which you bung into the hive and the crystals um, heat up, produce a vapour and the vapour knocks the mites off the bees um, but isn't toxic to the bees. So it's one of the treatments. It doesn't get rid of the vromite, unfortunately. Um, it's endemic and it's something that beekeepers have to learn to live with. And the bees have, Unfortunately, the bee, like a lot of the diseases, they've, it's come from Asia and the European bees haven't evolved to cope with the vromite yet. So we have to intervene and help it out. Oh my goodness, so how often do you have to use one of those throughout the year to, to look after oh, bees? With this actual uh, method, it should be used in late autumn um, up to January and it is, it's particularly used because the queen stops laying and doesn't produce any more larvae so you're really, it's an opportunity to get hold of the mites which are on the bees' bodies and not inside the larvae cells. So it's really a late year treatment for the vromite. And I'm ju- I've just brought it in to lend to somebody ready for their winter preparations, winter treatments. Now there are a lot of people here as we chat here in the village hall, people milling around looking at the various different um, exhibits here I suppose and the, the different entries to the different categories. What categories are there that people can enter into this honey show? Um, well there's all different types of honey so there's different entries for the point you can in, in, enter the light honey which is based on colour, light coloured honey, medium colour honey, dark coloured honey and that deals with the type of forage that the bees have been feeding on. Um, for instance the dark honey is often um, from aphids, quite an interesting honey, it's not actually um, nectar from plants. The aphids feed on um, the gums and essential oils of pine trees in particular and their exudate, the stuff that comes out the other end, is what the bees feed on and it produces a very dark honey. Um, the medium honey is, is the most common and it's really most of the garden forage and crops. And I think the light honey is blackberry. I'm not quite sure on that. I think it's more of a blackberry type of honey. It's lovely to see them all on display because you can see the variations of the different colours yeah. quite clearly. And, and also the setting as well. Like a lot of my honey, I was near oilseed rape fields and the bees go to oilseed rape. They like it because it has a very high nectar content. It was found in the oilseed rape flower. And, um, and it produces 
produces a set honey. So um, all my honey this year was set. So I didn't have a choice of being able to produce light honey or set honey. It was just all set this year. But, and I don't have a choice in that. It's where the bees decide to go. Yeah. How lovely. <laughs> well, congratulations also in order to you because you have won first prize in one of the categories, and that is the scone. The scone, yes. I was really surprised because I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm an ace scone maker. Yeah. <laughs> what did you put into your scones that made them extra special? Um, well, I've, I've just had a quick word with the judge, actually, and she said because she could taste the ginger, and I'd followed the recipe, and she couldn't taste the ginger in the, in the other scone mixtures. So, ginger so and go. honey. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it was honey, raisin, and ginger. So, yeah, it was yummy actually. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. But there's also mead here as well, um, and there's candles, beeswax is being used. Sort of almost all elements of what bees produce. Yes, being, yes, and I think there's hand here. cream and lip balm as well. Is, a, is another category. Yeah, all the amazing things you can make with the products of the hive. Yes. And how many members do you have currently in the association? I think it's about. Um, just under 150. Yeah, it sort of varies between 150 and 200. Not all of them are active members. Some of them are historical members, were active beekeepers, but now given up, but are still have a retainer membership. Um, yeah, I think it's around that number. Yeah, about 150. Yeah. And I suppose the season is is stopping now, calming down and winding yes, down. Really yes, we, we, tomorrow will be our last apiary meeting at the Petersfield uh, Beekeepers Apiary, and then we'll be getting the hives ready for winter. But throughout the winter, we have lots of winter talks, um, and our first one in October is what we call a wash up, where beekeepers come and discuss how their season's been and ask lots of questions with some of the experienced beekeepers and then in November we've got a really interesting talk we've got a beekeeper from London um, who does quite a lot of talks and also is a former bee inspector and he's going to talk about how he's radically changed his views on beekeeping from from the point of view that we shouldn't be keeping so many beehives because they're out-competing the native pollinating insects. And bees out-compete because, um, because they just have the sheer numbers that a lot of pollinating insects don't have. For instance, a lot of solitary bees might produce only uh, up to 20 or 50 bees per season whereas a honeybee can go up to 60,000 bees per season. So it's quite, quite an interesting... Uh, concept. So that'd be in November, which I think is the second Thursday in November if people are interested. Yeah, if anyone was interested in starting up beekeeping or just getting involved, how can they do? How can they get in touch? They can get in touch with the Petersfield Beekeeping Association via our website. There's a link there which will put you in touch with the membership secretary and then he will um, tell you about beginners courses which we hold every year at the beginning of the year. They normally start about February and we're just planning the schedule for the courses to take place in February 2024. Brilliant. There you go. If you fancy keeping bees job, that's what you need to do. Really interesting, Hilary. Thank you very much for talking to us and telling us more about the association. Thank you very much. The P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The P Pod. We've just arrived at the blind tasting table, which does not mean that we taste the table, but we taste 10 different varieties of honey by the looks of things. So, Joff, you take a Right, I've taken stick, taken a stick and a plate. So, there are a variety of colours mm-hmm. here. Quite a clear honey. Number 10. Number 10. 
Number right, eight, I think, is the number, darkest. D- number eight is the darkest. Um, right, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to try number one. Okay. Oh, it looks like it's a, oh, it's it's a set, honey. It's difficult to do this with one hand. Here we go. Oh, look at that. Yummy. Mmm. I think I like a set honey better than a runny honey. That's really nice. Sweet. It, yeah, so is it crystal type things in it? What's tingling on my tongue? Sugars. Sugars. Mm. Ah, good. Well done, that. So I'm going to go. Yummy. I'm going to go from the set one to a, the darkest. You're dark- not going in order. I'm going to the darkest running. <laughs> Number eight. Number eight. Mm. Good radio, this, Clem. I but know. <laughs> that's quite a. Whilst it's a darker honey, I'm going to have to try some more because. It's quite. I can't. I can't get any flavour. I can't get any flavours. What have you tried it yet? No, because you've, you've eaten most of it. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's a bit more subtle, isn't it? It's more su- good mm. word. Good word. Okay, which one are you going to go for next? Number four. Number four. So. Thank you. Right. Not stronger. Mm. Yeah. Oh, what am I getting? I'm getting subtle. I'm getting something. Spicy perfumed that one. <laughs> We're getting some funny looks. As we're getting well. some funny looks, yeah, because we're. Um, I don't think we're winning winning awards, Claire, for um, no. our tasting abilities. What are we looking for when, with with the honey? Just looking for what you like, oh, and it's okay. surprising how individual that is. What have the reactions been so far today? Number four. Number four is very divisive. Most people love it. A few people really don't like it at all. How could you really not like a honey? I don't understand. There's a that. slight medicinal. As you keep going, ah, it's good slightly word medicinal again, at the end. Okay. Medicinal. That's what mm, I was trying to think of. That's there was what some... it is. Yes. So I can see why people would, might find that one slightly. And I was um, watching your face when you were trying it, and you tasted it, and you're going, mm, and then you noticed there was a taste at the end of it. I did. Yes. And I get the impression there's kind of two things going on there. There's like the sweetness that you expect from honey, and then there's sort of aftertaste you get from certain nectar sources. So some people like that, and some people don't like that. Definitely all. came on later on. Yeah. Now I'm now yeah, thinking. Now you're gonna. I'm gonna do you a real disservice here. All I'm thinking here is honey locket. Well, yeah. That's what made me think about it too. Definitely got that sort of yeah. taste at the end. I still like number one. Okay, I'm yeah. going to try. And Which next? Which next? Yeah, we, we we said the set, didn't we? Mm. Now I'm going to try this one. It's says it's six. Oh, now that looks like a set. It's one a as well. it's a runnier set. <laughs> if there can be such oh, yeah, thing yeah. as a runny set. <laughs> mm. Got the sugars again. Mm, that's yeah. Try yeah, let's try that one, Claire. That's. What are you getting? Oh, that's nice too. Similar so, to one. Similar to one. Yep. Now, are yep. we looking at the same type of pollen to create the... They collect the nectar to make the honey. And generally, this is a real generalisation, but the paler honeys tend to come from flowers earlier in the year. And they get darker as the season goes on. When you get start to get a heather honey, it's darker. Also later in the year, they collect resin from quite a lot of resin and honeydew from trees. That makes it darker as well. Now, one question that I've 
been meaning to ask, how long did it take from when the bee gets the pollen to creating the honey? So again, the pollen they collect is a protein and they use that to feed the babies. The nectar, the liquid they collect from the flowers, is what they use as an energy food for themselves. When you think a tiny bee can fly three miles away from its hive to collect, it needs a lot of calories. So honey is the adult bee food, it's the energy food. Right. So what's been the most popular one? Out of the blind testing. Number four. Number four. Okay, that was the, that that the one, the medicinal. But yeah. I'm going to go for this one here. It's another runny. I'm going to go for number ten because that's really pale. There's a subtle difference in all of them. That's nice. Well, the ten, that was the light one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I quite like the light ones. I think I prefer the light ones. Yeah. Mm. I think my favourite, though, is going to be one of the set. Okay. Set honeys. I think. That number 10's throwing me now, though. Has That's it? really nice. Yeah, really nice. Because that is the yeah. lightest one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. That's lovely. Oh. Goodness me. Wow. Is, is there a preference, generally, between people who, who like the set versus the runny? Oh, definitely. It depends what you're going to do with it. Because if it's set, it's much easier to keep it on your toast. And if you're a porridge kind of gal, then you want some runny honey because you can drizzle it all over the top of your yeah. porridge. Yeah, I'm looking at the set, and that, as we said, as I alluded to last time, honey on crumpets. The set would do very nicely on the crumpets. If you had a choice. Which one would you go for? I'm going for the set honey number one. Yeah. The first one we had. Yeah. Because it had that little tingle on the um, tongue. I'm inclined to agree with you, Joff. We've wow. agreed. We've agreed. Yeah, number one for We've me. We've agreed. Please, two. Ten was close. Ten was close, but I think I prefer a set. Yes. Honey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. i tell you what, next year, I think more people should come along. Mm. Because we're, we're surrounded by quality, natural products. And as we come along the long line of honey in jars, we've found that one of them has been awarded with a Blue Ribbon Award to Richard Williams. He has won first prize for six jars of soft-set honey, from Frog's Hole Honey in West Sussex, Rogate in West Sussex. So congratulations to Richard. He's won a Blue Ribbon Award, which is for the best exhibit in the Honey Show this year. Congratulations, Richard. Amazing, amazing talents here. Really, really such a great association. Yep. Once again, Claire, we've had a cracking afternoon. We have indeed. Thank you very much, everybody who's spoken to us. Coming up, we hear from new beekeeper Martin Goodett. But before that, here's your What's On Guide with new Shine Radio volunteer, Chris Skinner. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? There's a new monthly charity quiz night at the Trooper Inn at Froxfield on Thursday the 28th of September. This month the nominated charity is Homestart Butzer and the quiz in action starts at 7.30pm. Friday the 29th of September is the John Walker Memorial Walk starting at 5pm. This is a new walking event between local pubs in memory of Petersfield journalist John Walker. And on Wednesday the 4th of October at 6.30pm at Petersfield Museum is the Shine Radio Volunteers Meeting. If you'd like to meet the team behind Petersfield Shine Radio, where we hold monthly team meets in Petersfield Town Centre, these first Wednesdays are an opportunity to spend time with the team, find out how we make Petersfield's local radio service and see how you can get involved. And you can see full details of many more events like these in our online events guide. It's at shineradio.uk. If you're running an event... 
Get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. So we're at the uh, Honey Show here at Bereton Village Hall. And joining us now is Martin Gadet. Now, Martin, I believe you're an, a new beekeeper, is that right? Yes. So, Martin, what got you into beekeeping? Uh, well, I, uh, I had a big birthday a year and a half ago, and my wife said to me, what are we going to do for your big birthday? And uh, I said, uh, well, I'd always fancied trying beekeeping. And she was a bit surprised by that, but um, that was over Christmas, and I got myself ready and uh, got myself two, two nukes of bees to, to start the season with in, in May, just in time for my big 50th birthday. Oh, that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. That must have been good fun. Yes. What a lovely project to have. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, it's really good. It's an interesting mix of reading and, and researching and then doing something practical, which is, is good fun. And it's nice to get a harvest at the end of a, of a project as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Did you join the Petersfield and District Beekeepers Association then to, to get some advice? Yes. So it's a good idea as a novice beekeeper. Um, you can do all, your, all the reading you like. Um, but it's really useful to get some hands-on experience. So I joined um, the Petersfield District BKA. Um, uh, as a member of that, you get your insurance, which you need to, to keep bees in your back garden as well. Um, and I also joined an apiary at Hazelmere Museum. So uh, to get a, a mixture of experience and um, you spend time with more experienced beekeepers and you learn an awful lot through the practical side of, of, of doing the hobby. So how many hives do you have? <laughs> uh, well, I started off with two and now I've got 14. 14? Yes, 14. And where do you keep them? <laughs> well, some of them I keep at my, my house and my garden. I have an aunt and uncle who live nearby. Um, and I'm just about to move some to uh, an organic farm in Lynchmere. So this is a hobby that has really taken off. Yes, it has, yeah. Um, yes, it's gone completely out of control. But that, that's, <laughs> apparently that's completely normal for beekeepers. They, uh, they get the bug and, and it's, um, it's so, so much fun and so rewarding that um, people tend to uh, increase the number of hives they've got. Because bees multiply as well. And you're just looking after them, they will multiply. So, so how's your first season gone? Uh, first season went, went fantastically well. It was such a pleasure. Uh, as I said, I really enjoyed doing the research and, and learning about beekeeping. Um, and then I met so many nice people. Uh, the Petersfield have got a, a really good apiary, and I was there um, to do some learning, and I met some very supportive uh, people. They're all around us today, and lots of them have submitted honey for the show. Um, and, yeah, in my first season, I took, I think, about 30 jars of honey off my hives, which uh, was delicious and uh, kept us going through the winter. Um, and and I'm, I'm back for more this year. So do you have a particular type of honey? Is it just a normal honey? Is it runny honey, set honey? So we started off with runny honey, um, but I really wanted to try some set honey. So, uh, so I learned how to do that and had a go at it. And uh, with some successes and, and, and some didn't work. But um, yeah, I really like the, the, the set honey. It's nice and creamy like a toffee and uh, melts in your mouth when you, when you put a whole spoonful in your mouth. Delicious. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree with you on that. I yeah. really like set honey. Yeah. Are, you, are you experimenting with where you place your hives? And so that gives you a different flavoured honey. Ooh, well, I'm not quite that sophisticated okay. yet, Clara. <laughs> so I, I've got a lovely spot at the bottom of my garden. I'm very fortunate about that. Um, so we try and get something east-facing so they get the morning sun. Um, as I said, my aunt and uncle live down the road, and they've got a lovely vista, so I've got a few different hives there. So we'll see how, how different the honey is from there. And um, over at this organic farm in Lynchmere, um, we'll find out next season uh, what the honey tastes like from, from there. But it, it looks to be a great spot. That's exciting. Yeah. Now, you've entered 
a number of classes here today for the Honey Show. What have you entered and how have you done? Right, um, mixed success, but it's um, the first time I've ever submitted uh, honey. There's some real professionals here who know exactly how to present their honey. Um, so I've come third in the novice class with my uh, very light runny honey, which is, is delicious, but I'm very pleased with that. Um, it's nice to get, get recognised for, for doing something. Uh, didn't win anything for my set honey or my darker honey this time round, but I'll, I'll be back next year. Dark honey? Dark honey, What's yes. What's dark honey? Okay, so um, at the bottom of my garden, I've got a whole line of mature sweet chestnut trees, and they, they flower slightly later in the season, uh, end of July, and they produce, or, the, or rather the, the nectar that's taken from them produces a much darker honey. So if you're really up to speed with the season and you know what's flowering in your area, what the forage is, um, you can take uh, honey off your hive at different times to get different colours. But what I've found... Uh, this is probably common knowledge to really experienced beekeepers, but what I found is at the beginning of the season the honey is much lighter, and towards the end of the season, when it's perhaps coming more from tree pollen uh, and, and tree nectar, then you're getting a darker grade of honey. So the, the sweet chestnuts produce a, a much darker honey, very different flavour as well. When you tasted your own honey for the first time, how did you feel? Um, I was really excited and I was really pleased. So um, I just lifted some a honey frame straight from the hive, didn't bother uncapping it or bottling it, just scraped it off with a spoon and, and we all tried it, comb and all. It was delicious, absolutely, you know, it was warm from the beehive, just delicious. I straight can picture from the spoon. your smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, my mouth's watering now as <laughs> yeah. I think about it, yeah. yeah. Now, you're, you're not just a beekeeper, you have invented uh, a particular item for to help beekeepers uh, with their hives. What have you What have you got here to to show on display? Yes, that's right, Claire. I, um, so uh, I have an engineering background, and um, after my the first time I tried to take honey uh, from my own hives, I made an almighty mess. There was honey on the floor and the walls, and uh, pretty much the ceiling as well. So it's a pretty sticky business, and uh, so I had a look around at what what could be done to reduce the amount of mess and time and effort that you could. Uh, uh, when extracting the, uh, uh, the honey from the hive. So it's a two-stage process. You have to take the wax cappings off the frames of honey and then you put them into a spinner to spin out using a centrifuge. So um, my invention is a development of, a, of an existing piece of equipment. Um, we're calling it the National Uncapper because it's sized specifically for the national hives. National hives are the British standard size um, and it, play, it puts little cuts in the, um, in the frames of honey to uncap the, the wax from the end which allows you to then put it into the honey spinner to extract the, the honey. And um, yeah, so I, I, I applied my engineering skills uh, with a colleague um, to producing a, a, an uncapper and um, we've released it onto the market and people are buying it which is great and we'll be taking it to the National Honey Show at the end of October this year. Amazing. So, wow, that's quite something. Did you expect <laughs> that to come out of this? No, it was just, um, you know, I, I have that kind of brain that likes to solve problems yeah. and this was the problem I thought needed solving and it's, it's worked for us. Um, I made a lot less mess in the kitchen this year. <laughs> yeah. now, is it an expensive hobby? Uh, it doesn't have to be a terribly expensive right. hobby, no. no. You can, um, so my first equipment was second hand. There are often auctions run by the different beekeeping associations so you can pick up um, equipment fairly, fairly inexpensively so you can get yourself a hive together for £100-£150 and if you're part of the association then during the month of May, there's a lot of uh, bee swarms go around. 
and the association will have teams of people collecting those when they're reported by the public. So if you're a member of the association, you can probably get bees donated to you from a from a court swarm. So your your first year, you could probably get into beekeeping for probably 150 pounds or so. And how many times have you been stung? Um, I get stung quite regularly, but actually, um, it doesn't. After a while, it doesn't bother you so much. So unless you get stung on the face, then that's a bit uncomfortable. But um, no, getting stung in the hands doesn't doesn't bother me anymore it's just an occupational hazard <laughs> it is, yeah it's just one of those things no one enjoys it but um it's just part and parcel of the business the honey so. is worth it absolutely yeah it's delicious <laughs> martin thank you very much for telling us more about your beekeeping experience and, and good luck with it in the future well thank you very much for having me the p stands for petersfield i can't believe that we live in such a idyllic place the peapod before we come to the end of the show, Claire, next week's Peapod will be coming from the Memorial Walk for John Walker, which is taking place this Friday, the 29th of September. Really looking forward to that. Uh, John was an integral part of the Peapod team. We, and we've actually been asked to uh, be part of one of the teams, haven't we? Yeah, we have actually, Geoff, um, which is a real honour. We are helping to lead the leg of walking from the townhouse and there's a circular walk. So it goes from the townhouse to the Harrow, from the Harrow to the Queen's Head, and then the Queen's Head back to the townhouse. And at the same time, there'll be other people walking from the other pubs, so it becomes a circular walk. Um, and we were very honoured to be asked by Beth Swarovska and Malinka van der Howe from the Peterfield Walking Festival to, to be a part of it, Joff. So if you'd like to join us, there are still slots available. Uh, if you go to the Peterfield Walking Festival website... You'll be able to find out all the details, register. It's a free event, but there are donations to the Rosemary Foundation, and we'd love you to join us. Yes, because along the way, we're hopefully going to be able to chat to some of the participants to get some stories and some memories and some thoughts about John Walker. It could be quite interesting, job. Can't wait. And so we come to the end of this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to our guests here at The Honey Show and the Peatsilt and District Beekeepers Association, as well as our long-suffering editor, M. Sefton-Smith. And of course, the Shine Radio team. So from Joff and I this week... Bye! <laughs> come on, Petersfield, let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss, and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh, some vocals from us locals, and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios, Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.